Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Bate. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women, as well as a retired nurse and fierce PCOS advocate. PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and this led me to my mission for empowering women who are like me to start giving up the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can live out your most fierce and best freaking life. Let's get to today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take the time to tell you about Mild de Cairo Complex from Vita Chic. This is an amazing supplement to have in your PCOS toolbox. Vita Chic's Mild Decaro Complex offers the 40 to 1 ratio of mild inositol and decaro inositol, which are two evidence-based vitamin-like substances that can help you with your PCOS symptoms. Having these two inositols working together can help support hormone and mood balance, as well as improve insulin sensitivity and energy. I personally use it to help with my insulin resistance and to restore my cycle. I love it. And I also have clients who feel the same way. Mild Decaro Complex also contains a propriety blend of herbs like fenugreek, chaseberry, and maca to help support those happy hormones. It's manufactured here in the U.S. of A., doctor researched and certified, 100% natural and vegan friendly, and I really loved getting to know Samantha, the CEO, who is also a PCOS fighter. So head over to VitaChicUSA.com and use the code LIVEFREE25, that's all caps, L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E-25, to receive 25% off of your order. Welcome back to Live Free Radio. Today, I have my friend Jenny Silvestro back with me. If you haven't heard Jenny's story, uh, scroll down in the podcast section. She shares her story and tons of amazing information, but I'm so glad that you're back. So am I. I'm glad to be here talking to you again today. Yeah, yeah. So funny story. Um, we actually already recorded this episode a long time ago, multiple weeks ago, and lost, I lost the episode on my computer. I had to back my computer up and then update it, and now I couldn't find it. So here we are for round two. <laughs> I'm so thankful that uh, you're understanding and, and willing to come back on uh, for, for the third time, actually the third recording <laughs> um, that we've done together. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about PCOS and family and support today. Um, this was a topic that you and I discussed a while back, and it just isn't really talked about a whole lot in this community, and um, I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, you know, there's um, a lot of things that people talk about when it comes to PCOS, but it's very, very rare to hear that aspect of it um, where we talk about, you know, our husbands or our children and how our family lives are affected by this. You know, yeah. people touch on the infertility part and, you know, you might touch on, you know, other aspects and, you know, weight gain or hirsutism or any of that, but it's, it's very, very rare to hear about family. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, um, you know, of course, the, the listeners hear this, they can, I'm, I'm sure everyone can relate. It, it doesn't just affect you. PCOS affects everyone around you in your, you know, immediate family circle. So what we're wanting to talk about today is how um, you can get your family involved in your PCOS care, how you can get your family to be more supportive to you, as well as how PCOS actually affects those in your family. Um, you know, there's some evidence that shows that um, some others may be uh, affected by PCOS as well from a health standpoint. So we're, we're going to dive in. And I think the, the first thing that we really wanted to talk about is like, you know, if you, your partner, you and your partner, how it affects them, how can we get them to support you um, with PCOS? So um, do you want to, do you want to start off with that one? Sure. Um, you know, in terms of how our journey started over here, um, you know, I found out pretty early on that I had PCOS um, and I'm not really going to go into that too much because we already have the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can find But you know, I was here. about 18 years old, but I really wasn't concerned about it because I was told not to be concerned about it until 
you know, the possibility of having children. So, you know, when I was around 25, my husband and I discussed the idea of having children and all of a sudden it became this big giant thing like, oh goodness, you know, do we start trying on our own? Do we go for fertility treatments? Um, how much information should I share with him? There's just a lot going on. And I didn't realize the amount of stress that would cause not just for me, but for him too, because my reactions to a lot of things were enough to put pressure on our relationship. Um, for example, um, some of the medication that I had to take for, in order to get pregnant, um, kind of put me in a, emotionally into a tailspin um, where I almost felt like at, at times I was going through menopause and my anger level was through the roof. Um, or the times that we would find out that, you know, we had another negative pregnancy test. Um, you know, he doesn't understand why I was so upset about it. It was always, oh, we'll just try again next time. And, you know, I don't think we ever really talked about or even knew what to talk about going into that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, before the episode, we were kind of going through the highlights of what we wanted to, to really share with the listeners and communication is kind of the common theme. Yes. Um, when it, when it comes to this and I love how, um, you know, like you said, like you're just so unsure of, you know, what do I share, um, those kind of things. And, you know, for like in our situations, our husbands don't understand what we're going through because they can't go through it themselves or, um, you know, maybe some of like the mental health aspect they don't go through. So they don't understand what those mood swings or depression or anxiety and those kind of things are. Um, so as you can imagine, if you put yourself in their shoes, um, you know, if your spouse had a condition that affected their entire body and you didn't understand it, that would leave you in the dark. Um, you wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do if my husband had some kind of condition that I was oblivious to and didn't know how to support him and he had to, you know, quote unquote, suffer by himself. And so I think one of the biggest things that we can do to help our partners support us is bring them along the journey, you know, educate them, communicate with them and, you know, explain to them what you are going through so that they are not in the dark and they're in the light with you. Um, would you say that that has helped, you know, kind of alleviate some of the friction that you've experienced in your relationship? Um, it absolutely has, but it took us a long time to get there. To get there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it was a learning process for both of us. And I think for myself in the beginning, I had to come to grips with what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm always that strong person, like, okay, I take in that information, I process it, I put it into action, but it was not always in my thought to say, okay, I have to tell him what I'm doing and why so that he can help support me. Even something as simple as, you know, I have to make dietary changes mm -hmm. to help my insulin resistance. He has to know why I'm sitting here, maybe eating a salad next to him and, you know, I'm getting pissed off that he's got a plate of French fries in front of him. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and once he understands that's so much easier for, for him to kind of, you know, join along with you, I um, very much felt the same way and, you know, I don't remember in the earlier years of my diagnosis actually talking to my husband about my diagnosis. Now, granted, a lot of it I didn't understand at the time, so it's hard to talk about something that you don't understand. So maybe that's another great tip of, you know, if you don't understand PCOS, educate yourself as much as you possibly can and then bring your partner and your loved ones along uh, with the education. Uh, offer it to them as well. But, um, you know, it's funny now looking back, um, you know, when my husband and I were talking about trying to conceive, I never shared with him about, you know, I mean, like, I remember saying, you know, well, I don't know if I can get pregnant, we'll just try. And my husband's an offshore engineer. So he works out of the Gulf of Mexico on a ship. He's gone for a month at a time. So if he, you know, has gone half the year, 
And then I don't even know when I'm going to ovulate. I, I just knew that it was going to be difficult. So I went to the doctor by myself, talked to the doctor about the fertility issues. I was prescribed metformin at that time. And like, I never even told him. Mm-hmm. I never even, I never even shared that. He had no clue. He had no clue what, I mean, and I think part of me kind of felt like, okay, well, this is my issue. So I'm going to deal with it on my own. And like you said, you know, I'm just going to be strong. I'm just going to, you know, uh, um, it, it just, I know I've heard women say this, so you feel maybe like the part of you is broken and it's, it's your fault because you're the one with PCOS, um, which is not the case, but I understand and can relate to that because in a way I felt that way too. It's like, well, I'm the one with PCOS. I'm the one that possibly may not be able to conceive. It's not his fault. So I'm going to go to the doctor by myself. I'm going to do this treatment plan by myself and I'm not even going to tell him about it. And uh, luckily we conceived very quickly. It worked well for me, which I was grateful for because at that time metformin caused a lot of gastric issues and I was wanting to quit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and you know, how much different could my story have been and how much friction could maybe I have avoided in my marriage if I allowed my husband to know what was going on? If I could have communicated with him the education that I knew at that time, it's okay that I didn't know everything, but I should have at least shared what I did know. And I should have spoken about, you know, the risk of possibly not getting pregnant. I should have told him I was going to the doctor and what I was doing and those kind of things. I should have been more open about it and not so closed off. And I think that that, I'm, I don't believe I'm the only wife out there that have been through that, have done that and have hid hid the struggles and the process of what you have to go through dealing with PCOS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a complete game changer when those lines of communication are open. Um, You know, it's hard because as it is, you know, it's, it's a vulnerable situation for you. Yeah. And although you're going into this as a couple, you know, as a woman with PCOS, a lot of that is on your shoulders. For sure. You know, you feel like, you know, it's my body and my body is the one that's malfunctioning. That, mm-hmm. That's the best way that I can put it in my own terms. Right. Um, you know, so you feel like you have to do what you have to do to get it to function correctly. And, you know, if you can't, oh, how do I express this properly? You don't want to put that stress on your marriage. Yeah. So you keep it to yourself. That, that yeah. was always the way that, that, that I functioned with that. No, that's, that's putting it very well. Um, I relate to that entirely. And I know listeners are, are probably saying, yeah, that's how I feel. You know, I don't want this, I guess, quote unquote burden to be mm-hmm. on my husband or, or my family. And, um, you know, one of the things that um, helped us like as far as okay so like we've established you need good communication you need to have that communication line open um you know you need to be able to communicate your knowledge of pcos with your partner so they understand what it is communicate what what pcos is like for you so they understand what you're going through and also like what your treatment and what you're having to do whether it's your lifestyle your your nutrition you know whatever you and your provider are working on communicate that with them but what happens if you don't have good communication because you feel like you know like you said you know like it's, it's my burden to bear or maybe you and your spouse just have a relationship where you don't talk about the hard things Uh Um, and, and so one of the bits of information that I wanted to share from my personal story was therapy and my husband and I got to a point in our marriage where there was a lot of friction. And even though there was a lot of good characteristics to our marriage, we couldn't get past that friction until we went to therapy and what we experienced and learned about ourselves is our communication was not great. Mm-hmm. Even though we spoke on a daily basis, right. we had conversations, we talked about things, just but we didn't talk yeah. about the hard stuff. Yes. We didn't talk about the hard stuff because let's just face it as human beings, Hey, we're pleasure seeking people. You know, we don't, 
we don't like going through hard stuff. We don't like pain. We don't like suffering. That's the reason why a lot of us don't like PCOS. I mean, let's just be real. Um, so in our journey, we had to go through therapy and learn skills and tools on communicating. And that sounds so simple and basic, but it was a hard it's process. Yes. It was a hard process, especially, you know, like you said, just coming from someone that, you know, like I valued myself as a strong, independent woman and my struggles are mine alone. And I wanted to hold that baggage to myself. And I did not enjoy being vulnerable to my husband and having that communication, which is, by the way, is really funny because I'm vulnerable on social media. Isn't that funny? It's like, I can be vulnerable to these complete strangers on a social media app, but God forbid, I don't know how to tell my husband that I'm in pain or I'm suffering or I'm hurting. And it's just so funny. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And (laughs) you know, it's funny. I became more vocal on social media when I was going through my postpartum anxiety, Uh uh, my daughter. And that's how my husband would learn about what's going on with me. Yeah. Oh, and he would read my post. For sure. I didn't know that was going on. For sure. As you were mentioning, you know, we didn't do the couples therapy, but I had therapy on my own. And that was the same thing. You know, I went through Mm -hmm. like all these lines of communication that I had to open up about and, you know, being braver and being more vulnerable and stop being the strong one all the time. Your, your spouse is there to support you. So. Right. Right. No. And I think that's just really great. Um, It's not that we're saying, you know, you have to go to therapy, but we just want to just lend a helping hand that, you know, communication is so important to getting support for your PCOS. And if that is a struggle for you, if you can acknowledge that, then maybe just consider some external help, uh, whether it's going by yourself, going as a couple, maybe you don't even need to go to therapy. Maybe you just want to research, you know, how to have harder conversations. You know, there's, there's so much, um, so many tools at our fingertips now, um, but that's a really good avenue to explore if the communication is a hard thing for you. And can yeah. I just mention one more thing? Yeah, for sure, yeah. of course. What this also has a lot to do is with your stress levels. So when you start mm-hmm. to take all of this on your own and your stress levels rise, you're actually going to make your PCOS. There's a big chance you can make your PCOS worse. Oh. So it is super, super, super important that you have someone to lean on and who Mm -hmm. is better to lean on than your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, just for those of you, if you're listening to this and you don't have a spouse, a partner or, or someone um, just want you to know that you're not alone either. And there are so many people, which I hope you have friends and loving supportive people in your life. Um, But if you can't find it there, reach out to us. We're on social media. We're not the only advocates and support systems there. We could name off, uh, you know, a handful of other people that are there to support you. Yeah. Like a list of 10 people, right? Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) You know, there are organizations like the PCOS challenge that is there to support you. Um, There are support groups online. There are support groups possibly in your city. Um, So, if, if you're listening to this and saying, this is great information, but I don't have a partner, I don't have a spouse, there is still support people out there for Absolutely. you. And one of the other highlights that we really wanted you to take away from today's episode is that, you know, the PCOS may be yours, but you are not in this fight alone. And you don't have to go through this journey and this process alone. Um, you need support and we want you to have that for sure. For sure. And um, just as Jenny said, you know, holding that in and taking that burden as your own by yourself is stressful. And unfortunately, that can come with some repercussions. Um, so, so don't hesitate to reach out, have the courage, if you will, to, to make sure that your support system's there. Um, so, you know, another thing is, you know, getting your support system, being communicative, Um, as well as, you know, if that's an issue, get help to learn how you can communicate better, Uh, but don't withhold information. I I feel like, you know, again, if I can just bring up the fact that you wouldn't appreciate it if your partner was going through something so big and they kept it from you. And I didn't have that perspective for a long time, 
But when I changed it and put myself in his shoes and I just thought how terrible that had to make him feel that I didn't include him and, and such, um, it really helped me perspective wise. Um, so don't withhold information and, um, you know, you can bring them along to your doctor's visit. You can share information with them, whether it's, uh, you know, like one of our blogs or whatever it is that you come across, share that with them, you know, allow them to be part of your care. And when you're doing those lifestyle changes, which I hope you are, you know, when you're looking at changing your nutrition or, or focusing on exercise or getting more sleep or, you know, reducing your stress, whatever you're working on at the time, maybe encourage them to come along. And I think that both of our spouses in our situation have done that, right? Didn't your husband Absolutely. kind of jump in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which have probably helped his health as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been a wonderful journey the last couple of years with him because we have come so, so far. And, you know, we even have a personal joke, like studies have shown because I'm constantly- <laughs> I love this joke with you guys. Every time something new comes out, I'm like, here, look at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been really good for both of us because, you know, now, you know, we, we kind of exercise together. We'll go on a nightly walk together or I'll coach him now and, you know, we'll have our own private time together doing that. And it's been really great for both of us. Um, you know, and we're changing our nutrition together and it, it's just been big changes overall. And, you know, I guess that, that, that'll kind of lead us into the conversation, you know, about the kids because, as a whole, as a family, this has changed us completely. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so uh, before we started this episode, um, I did reach out on Instagram just to see if anybody had questions. And um, someone had a really wonderful question about, you know, well, I have PCOS. My daughter has P or excuse me, let me back up. I have PCOS and I have a daughter. Should I be concerned or assume that she's going to have PCOS as well. And um, that was such a wonderful question because it was something we definitely wanted to discuss um, so that you as the listener can just be aware of the risk. Um, and so essentially, what did we find? It was like 40%. There's a 40% chance of someone in your family also having PCOS. You can right. pass it along. You can pass it along to your son or your daughter. And right. We'll get into that in a few minutes, but mm -hmm. there's also a chance if you have a brother or a sister that they can also show signs of PCOS. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, one of the bigger things is, you know, everyone's like, how can a boy have PCOS? <laughs> yeah, I know. People are probably like, what? <laughs> the name. And, and, and it's funny because I went to our pediatrician recently and I mentioned, you know, I'm concerned about my son that he might have some of the effects of this. And that's the first thing the pediatrician said to me, well, well, he can't have that. I'm like, no, he can't. But if you look online and you see all these different studies that have, you know, gone on, there's a high chance that the boys within the family can have metabolic issues, insulin resistance issues, mm -hmm. um, a higher chance of diabetes and cardiovascular issues. So yeah. it's something that's of concern and something that you have to keep an eye out for. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's even the same thing with your brother. So like, if you just look at like, okay, you have a diagnosis of PCOS, odds are, I mean, it's a really high, I mean, 40% sounds kind of high to me. I would almost say I, I had a 40% chance yeah. on something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's my opinion. But, um, you know, odds are someone within your immediate family circle is probably also affected. So, um, like you said, you could have a sister that has PCOS, not, not to say that her PCOS is going to be or show up the same way as yours, but if you have a brother, he's at higher risk of metabolic issues. And um, then same thing with the boys. And I recently, both of my sons had physicals as well. And so just to kind of give you an idea of how to bring that up with your doctor is just, it's just simply educate the doctor to say, hey, you know, like you did. Mm -hmm. I have PCOS and the research shows that uh, with it being an endocrine disorder, it can pass down metabolic issues to my son. So at what age is, you know, do I need to start being concerned about it? That's how I asked my doctor. Luckily, my doctor was, was actually, um, she knew what PCOS was. She was well-informed and was like, okay, that's great. Um, the way that she explained it to me was um, whenever, 
whenever your child goes in for their physical, which is, you know, typically annually, depending on the age of your child, um, you know, they do, obviously they do like your weight measurements um, and they'll ask, you know, those, those preliminary questions and, you know, vision and hearing, all of that. That accumulatively is looking at metabolic markers. So like if your child's weight is, um, you know, in the high percentile or above the average percentile, um, that is a marker to start looking for things. Now, my doctor did say that they don't generally run like uh, any lab work unless that marker shows like high concern. And you're typically going to be looking at those things like insulin and blood sugar and kind of go that route um, to look for like uh, juvenile diabetes and and such. Um, But it's just comforting to know um, because we even discussed this, you know, it's just crazy because a lot of people aren't aware that their sons could be affected as well. And so there's no, there's no protocol now in pediatrics that, that screens for PCOS or meta, you know, like Mm -hmm. PCOS generally. Uh, parents have to be proactive and speak up for their children or we just got some good doctors out there that that do pick up on it sometimes so um so yeah so bring it up if you have sons just educate their pediatrician let them know that the research does show that it could pass on metabolically and uh, keep an eye on those metabolic markers now with daughters it's going to be obviously different um you have a daughter. I don't. Do you want to kind of share some of the things that you want to to start looking for on that? Yeah, you know, and honest, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to be much different than with my son. You know, it's just right. kind of keep an eye from year to year where things are going with their physicals. And, you know, as they hit more towards the adolescent age, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of zeroing in on what's going on with their bodies. Right. Um, so like with my son, the issue was the last uh, four years, he's consistently gained a good chunk of weight despite changing his diet, despite keeping him active, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, if, if you're proactive and you're in that situation and trying to keep them in line in a certain spot and nothing changes, that's your first indicator. Something might not be right. Right, right, okay. yeah. So, you know, when when the pediatrician shows some concern, when, you know, those things are consistently coming up. I think that's when it's your time to speak up and say, listen, hey, I have this condition. Right. Is there any type of test that we can see, you know, if there's something going on? And it doesn't do any harm to do the tests. Best case scenario, they come back and say, no, nothing's going on. And you just move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I don't have a, a daughter, which like you said, it's not going to be a whole lot different. You're definitely probably going to want to be involved enough to know what her cycle looks like whenever she does start menses and stuff so you can help with that um but I just come from a childhood I was obese and I didn't have such a proactive uh parenthood in my life and um I also didn't have proactive health care so I was just looked at as an adolescent that was obese and just strictly told well just lose weight right just lose weight just diet and exercise, but they didn't realize like most of the time I was there for a sports related physical. Like I was an active child. And as far as what I could tell, I didn't eat any differently than my peers. And so um, I do think that, you know, if you have PCOS and you're already aware of that and you see maybe your child going through that same trend, I wish I had a parent that could have stood up for me to say, no, like I understand your concern that she's overweight and yeah, we can work on that, but I also want you to run some tests too to see what is going on. Um, That could have possibly gave me a diagnosis at a younger age and maybe who knows. Who knows right. what the difference could have you made. See. The younger that you get diagnosed, the more proactive you can be on your treatment and management, which could prevent further risk down the road. Right. I was in a very similar situation to you where I was always not extremely overweight, but enough mm-hmm. that I was like on the higher percentage of it. But same thing. I was very, very active in sports and all that. So it never made sense. I was never overeating. I was never eating any different than anyone in my family, but it still got to that. But when it comes to my kids, like I can't use that as an indicator because my kids are built differently. And we're in a situation where, believe it or not, we didn't find this out until after I was married. PCOS not only runs in my family, it runs in my husband's family. Oh, wow. Yeah. But 
it, there's lean PCOS on my husband's side. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching both of my daughters, one who's like a complete toothpick that you can look through and the other one, mm, not chunky, true. she's very muscular, but at the same token, she's not built the same as her sister. So like you said, you know, it's more that I have to pay attention to what goes on with their body as they're getting older mm-hmm. in terms of not just their menses, but of course, how they're eating, how their body's changing overall in terms of shape, size, whatever. Um, but I think the bigger concern also is we have to not only look at their insulin levels, but um, their cholesterol levels. Yeah. There's a lot of indicators there that that might be uh, like a higher cholesterol level might be an indicator that something else is going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, just like, like if you have, you know, multiple children, their cholesterol, they, they probably lead the same lifestyle and their cholesterol levels could be drastically different. Like yes, you just never, actually, yeah. It's high in my seven-year-old, the one that's a toothpick. She's got Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. So no, that's a great indicator too. Um, you know, that it's not just a, the weight is, and menses is not the only two markers that you, or acne or, you know, hair right. growth. Like those aren't the only markers, um, you know, and, and, the most, I mean, you could just ask, just ask for the test as your child is, is getting older. And then, you know, another thing is just educating your children. Um, I think it's important too, when they get to the age that you can do that, of just like letting them know that, you know, as they grow and, and become young adults, you know, that, that it's a possibility. And, and, you know, hopefully if they notice their body changing, they'll still come back to mom. <laughs> but, you know, I think... Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to educate your kids either of just like, you know, hey, kiddo, you may be at a higher risk for some of these things. Um, so take care of yourself. You know, like that's what we do as, as mom. You know, we want our kids to, we, we teach them and it's, it's definitely okay to do that in this situation. Absolutely. You know, I think it's important too, like you lead by example. You are the one that in your household that has the most knowledge about PCOS. Learn as much as you can. And if you're following a special diet for yourself, it's not going to hurt your family members to follow that same diet. It does no harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does no harm to have your family join you in exercise. My kids love when I exercise. My three-year-old comes in and she's like, can I do squats with you? They all have like their own little set of one pound weights. Aww. And like as a family of five, we will sit there and have a night, like let's exercise tonight. And we have a load of fun doing it. So That's awesome. there are so many different ways to incorporate that into your family without them thinking, oh my gosh, we're managing some type of health issue. Yeah. yeah. We're eating well, we're having fun. No, I, I really like to, to believe that we're, we can lead by example. I really like to, to think that. And, you know, I didn't grow up with the example that I try to set for my kids. And so, um, you know, I do get that question, like, do, do your, does your family eat like you do? And for the most part, no, no, my family is a little bit different. They don't, they don't, my kids don't know what vegetables are. <laughs> it is so funny, like being a holistic nutritionist and going to school to be a registered dietitian. It's just kind of funny, you know, to say, um, my, my kids definitely love, uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets and Chick-fil-A. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time, I always encourage, like my kids would at least eat fruit. And so that's something that I always encourage. I make sure that our house is fully stocked on fruit at all mm-hmm. times. And, um, you know, my kids don't grow up in a home that has soda. When I was growing up, that's all I drank was soda and Kool-Aid. And, you know, so you just do the best that you can. You know, that's all we can do as parents. And, you know, even if your kids um, or your family in general are not doing exactly the same lifestyle changes as you, I promise you, you're going to lead by example, whether that's to your spouse, your kids, uh, you know, those that see you at work, whatever the case, people are going to pick up on those cues. My husband did the same thing. He didn't really necessarily eat the way that I did for a long time, a really long time. He didn't work out for a really long time. And it's so funny because he was into bodybuilding before we met. And the whole time that I was like training to be a uh, competitive bodybuilder and all of this, he never, he didn't do it. He didn't do Mm -hmm. it with me. Um, Now it's different. Actually, he works out more than I do now, but um, (laughs) I mean, and he's there with me with the food. He knows that if I eat well, I feel better. 
Our relationship is better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he understands how my body works now because we, we have that communication and yeah. I share those things with him and it's really funny. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I have been considered a sensitive person, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to like my appearance. So if someone makes a, a comment about my body, it, it kind of, you know, I'm doing better. Therapy has helped a lot, but you know, I, I take it a little bit more harsh than some people would. And my husband is so gentle with the way that he approaches me. But like, let's say that we're on a date or we're out for lunch pre-quarantine back when we used to go to restaurants all the time. <laughs> and we would be looking at the menu and, and I would say, he, you know, I would, let's just say, I think this one time I was going to get a mussels dish that was going to come like with this huge thing of like French bread or crusty bread to go with it. Right. And my husband was like, are you sure that's what you want? You know, um, not that he was criticizing my choice, but he just knew if I ate that crusty bread for me, I do have a gluten sensitivity. So when I eat a lot of it, I'm going to be bloated and gassy and tired and groggy and not feel the best. Right. And so he just reminds me of that ever so gently to be there with me because he is part of my journey now. I'm no longer walking this alone. And wow, it is so awesome. It is it, awesome. It, it's funny that you said that because I experienced that just yesterday, believe it or yeah. not. I couldn't believe like how far we've come with the amount of communication between the both of us about why I have to eat certain foods or why... I should lean away from other ones. I mean, I don't always, obviously. I love my pizza, you know. Hey, but, yeah. But I was running yesterday and it kind of overlapped lunchtime. And he's like, I ordered from the deli, but I made sure I didn't get you a hero because I thought it was going to be too many carbs in it. So I got your wrap instead. And I made sure there was chicken in it. And it's just like things like I would always have to go, no, I can't have that. He's like, I took care of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's amazing. It's so nice to walk into that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. He's like, and I ordered three different things. So you had to choose, you know, you could choose which yeah. one. Of them. <laughs> he got juice oh, yeah. of points. Like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like we're, we're totally there too. Uh, but like you said, it's not like we, we haven't always been here. Right. It, it, it could take some time and it, it could take some hard conversations and some, some work just like anything else. But um, I hope that listening to this encourages you to do so because it is truly nice to have that support system, I guarantee it's going to make your relationship with your partner even stronger because they're going to appreciate being part of the process and the journey too. They're going to be, appreciate being included. And it may even surprise you that once you start including them, they become advocates too. Absolutely. And they become a voice. To speak up for others because my husband, bless his heart, <laughs> when a man uh, at work on the boat is talking about his wife's, you know, hormone issues or this and that, my husband can kind of spin around and be like, look, man, listen here. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives them advice on how to be there for their spouse and That's how to support her and how to... Um, understand that when she is having um you know times where she's moody it's not about him so don't yes. take it personal yes. don't don't get resentful um another thing is you know they can help each other understand that men uh, or our partners in general have to sometimes read between the lines with that whenever we are going through those moody stages that it can affect your relationship, but it's good to let them know this is not about you. It's not something you've done. It's not, it's in no way does how I feel right now reflect anything in our relationship or you. If it's your libido, it's really great to have that communication line open to make sure that they know, like, currently I'm dealing with these hormone issues and my libido is not here, or maybe it's because of your self-esteem or it's because of your stress. Mm -hmm. Be open about that so that they understand it is not the relationship. Um, so my husband has became an advocate. He became a PCOS advocate without even knowing it because he was able to educate other husbands on what's going on and how they can be there for their wife. And I know your husband's done the same. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to note for anyone who is just starting in this, that it's not going to happen overnight. Be patient with your partner. 
please. I wish there was a patience pill because that would be the top recommended medication for PCOS. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, let's be honest. We need patience in every flipping it. part of this process. Absolutely nailed it. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, currently there, I'm going to have to talk to uh, my friend that owns a supplement company. Like, how do we <laughs> bottle up patients? Because <laughs> we like all I'm need that. that constantly, patients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's just such a, oh my gosh, I'm not a patient person. Um, Me either. I, it, it took a long time to get there with many things. Especially when you're putting in hard work, you mm -hmm. want instant gratification. Yes. And unfortunately in PCOS, like you, very seldom do you get instant gratification. Yep. Very seldom. Whether it is what we're talking about today with support and, and you know, that, or if you're struggling with fertility, that's going to take patience. If you're struggling with some external symptoms that you're dealing with, it's going to take some time. If you're trying to get your period regular it does not happen in one month, Absolutely usually. Not. If it does, that's, that's phenomenal. I'm excited yeah. and I'll, I'll throw confetti. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but it all just takes time. And so uh, I feel like I do see that so much in our community of like, well, I've been doing this for X amount of time or, or this, this happened or I got my period, but then it disappeared again. And, and it's just like, it takes time. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Keep working. The, as the, long as you stay consistent. Yeah. It'll yeah. happen. But it does, it does take some patience. And uh, I, I wish we could give some of that to everyone because I know you all need it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so let's just kind of like recap some of the things that we discussed today. And I hope that, um, that we, oh, actually, let me back up. There was another really great question someone sent in. Um, that I don't think that we covered. And the question was, how do I deal with family who constantly bring up whether or not Ooh. I have PCOS? I love yes. that question. I don't yes. love that it's happening to you. So if you're listening to this, um, I'm really sorry. And um, that shouldn't be happening to you. It's pretty shitty. But um, I think we all have almost went through a time in our PCOS journey where we are disbelieved. Mm -hmm. I know I have. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I don't, th there's obviously no manual on this to tell you exactly how to deal with this. The first thing that came to my mind with, uh, this question was setting boundaries. And this is going to come back to communication and having hard conversations. So this is probably not going to be an easy thing to do, but it would be communicating with that family member, whoever they are and letting them know Yes, I have a diagnosis. This is what PCOS is. Everybody is not the same. Because I, I don't understand the pretense of like why they're questioning your diagnosis. Um, you know, there could be different reasons for that. And just, you know, let them know I that. They know to ask them why they're asking. Yeah, yeah, it may be, may be, and kind of understand. And then take that as an opportunity to educate them because PCOS does not have one look or one characteristic, honey. We are across the board. Mm -hmm. You know, we are a spectrum in a sense. And, you know, no two people are, are the same. Um, so, you know, I just think it's going to take communication and boundaries. And once you educate them, I'm hoping that they lay off, but maybe also, you know, add in that, like, I don't appreciate you always, you know, questioning me and my diagnosis and disbelieving. I would appreciate it if you supported me or at least, you know, no longer question my diagnosis because I have to live with this every single day. Um, that's just what my first thoughts were. What about you? Would you have anything else to add? My to first that? thought was education for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think most of those questions from my experience come up because of lack of education. Yeah. Or for, like you said, they know some things about it, but they don't realize that everybody is different. In my household growing up, my sister and I, she was diagnosed almost 15 years after I was. Okay, so I was dealing with all of my stuff and, and you know, now her situation came up. The way it comes across in her body is not the same as mine at mm -hmm. all. And we're in the same genetic pool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've dealt with those questions from my own father. 
asking my sister, how come this isn't working for you? It's working for your sister. And I'm like, hold up. Yeah. Not the same person. And you have to really, you know, be clear about, you know, what you, first off, what you're willing to talk about with them. Yeah. If you're willing to be an open book, I am like ridiculous. Like I'm an encyclopedia and this stuff spews out of my mouth immediately. (laughs) Who I'm talking to, you know, whether it's family member, stranger or whatever, but not everybody's like that. Share the amount of information that you want to share. Be clear, like you said, about your boundaries. And if it's something that you don't want to discuss, Put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, a that's very, a great very addition. Personal illness. And it's mm-hmm. no different than someone else who's going through any other chronic illness. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. That's a really great point. So you get to, de- to decide. Ultimately, you are in control. I know PCOS feels like it's out of your control. You're in a lot more control than you think you are. And in, in this situation, you're entirely in control. The ball is in your court. So you get to decide how much you share. If you share, maybe it's just, you know, this is my diagnosis and I would appreciate if we don't talk about this anymore. You know, I, I don't know what the case is. Um, per, I had that with coworkers. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, family, but you know what? Coworkers are just as bad sometimes because you have to see them very often. You know, they don't right. go away. <laughs> I, I, I used to see my coworkers more than I saw my family. And they just, when I brought it up, this is before I became a health coach. This is before I um, became a PCOS advocate and I would bring it up or it would come up in conversation and they would say, well, you don't look like you have PCOS. You don't, um, you know, if you had PCOS, you wouldn't have been able to lose all of that weight. And I even had a nurse because I'm, I've been a nurse for 11 years. And um, the nurse I was working with at the time said, well, I used to work in OB and I've seen tons of patients with PCOS and you don't, you look nothing like them, you know, and it made me feel bad. So I'm assuming the person that asked this question is probably felt the same way. It uh-huh. makes you feel like, I don't know, like guilt or shame, or I don't know exactly which emotion like to, to attach to it. Yeah. yeah. And then it made me shut up. Yeah. It made me shut up because I thought, I don't like this feeling. I don't um, like the feeling that I felt when, when she said that to me. So now I am no longer going to bring up PCOS. I'm not going to share that I have it. And, um, you know, obviously I overcame that because I don't flip and shut up about PCOS <laughs> now. You're not going to shut me up. <laughs> I, I, if I meet someone new within 10 minutes, they know I have PCOS. That's yeah. how bad. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's so funny, just in the fitness space, uh, we really need a meme because I know I've seen the memes about like, have you seen those memes on like, oh, how do you know if someone does CrossFit? Because don't worry, they'll tell you. Yep. How do you know if someone's a vegan? Or how do you know if someone's doing keto? Yep. Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah. We need one for 50 because you're damn right. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a family member that, uh, that I don't really like, by the way, um, make a comment. I don't, I don't like them at all. And they made the comment to another family member, which told me about this, about how um, all I do is talk about that POSE or whatever it was. And I'm like, PCOS? Like, yeah, that's all I talk about. And, you know, not to mention it changes lives that I talk about it. So Absolutely. I'm okay with that. If I uh, bother you, for talking about something that affects, you know, like 10 to 15% of freaking women, unfollow me. Mm-hmm. If you don't like hearing me talk about it, like just unfollow me. But I had been so quiet about it and felt so ashamed of it for so long that I'm sorry the floodgates have opened and I'm not going to be quiet about it anymore. You know, and so you don't have to be quiet and, about it either. But yeah, you get to choose. No reason you should. I, I actually started speaking up myself because I hit the point where like, I don't want anyone to go through yes, everything that I went exactly. through for the last 20 something years. Like, Which is at the root of I can share advocates. more information, I'm going to share mm-hmm. more information. And I've had like so many people come out of the woodwork. Like I would have moms from my son's school come over and go, I was just talking to somebody who just found out they had this diagnosis. Can they call you? Or do you have a doctor for them to go to? So that's why, like, we're still back. We'll go back to the communication again. Yeah. Communicate about what's going on with your body. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And ultimately, hey, you get to decide 
You, this is this is all the ball is in your court. You get to decide. But we just hope that today's episode just helps you ultimately understand that even though the PCOS is your own, you're not in the fight alone. Okay, so you don't have to to carry this just by yourself. You know, whether it's your partner, your your family, your support system, you're not alone. Okay, we're we're here with you. Um, communicate allow your partner to be part of this journey, educate them, um, you know, let them know how they can support you, you know, those kinds of things. Don't withhold information, you know, um, you wouldn't appreciate it if something dramatic was going on in their life and they withheld it. So the same situation and circumstance could pertain to you. And then also, um, you know, be aware that it can run in the family. And so we just, we don't share that to scare you. We just share that to help hopefully empower you. Um, so that way that you can be proactive if, if it needs to be uh, the case. And um, you, especially with our kids, obviously we want our kids to be happy and healthy and we don't, we wouldn't wish anything bad on them. Um, but you know, if by chance it does get passed down to our offspring, obviously we want to be there to help them. Um, and, and that's what we do as moms. We do our best. Um, so yeah, is there anything else that you think that you want to share uh, with today's episode? I think we covered a lot on we family covered, support. I think this one came out better than the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it did. Maybe it did. I'm glad that we, <laughs> we got to, uh, to, to unleash this episode again, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I did get a bunch of other questions um, that were not family and support related. Um, so maybe we'll do like a Q&A or something. And I know this won't be the last time you hear from Jenny. Um, she'll be on the episodes with me in the future. And guys, if you haven't done it already, scroll through and find Jenny Silvestro's PCOS story. There's lots of good information there. She has a phenomenal story, very inspiring. And I think you're going to enjoy it as well. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Great talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on Live Free Radio. If you have any questions or would like to be featured here on the show, email me at Letitia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you are enjoying the episodes and the podcast, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. This will help women like you find the podcast so that they too can be empowered and feel supported in this community.